We have all experienced moments in our journey of faith that seemed as if we're on a roller coaster. Now, some love roller coasters and they feel like they're exciting and thrilling, but for others, it scares the life out of you and maybe even gets you sick. Roller coasters might be a great part of an amusement park experience, but they shouldn't be a part of our daily life. I'm your host, Roger Nelms, and over the past nearly 30 years of ministry, I've witnessed so many struggle through roller coaster Christianity because of a lack of spiritual disciplines. Hey, listen, I've even experienced this cycle myself, so you're not alone. This podcast is for Christians who want to get off the up and down cycle of passive faith and learn how to live the abundant life that God intended. So twice a month, we're going to discuss biblical truth and action steps that will put you in the driver's seat of your spiritual development and also empower you to maintain an upward growing faith that not only benefits you, but makes an impact in the world around you. You're listening to The 12, building habits that lead to spiritual maturity. Stick around. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, leave comments, share it with your friends, and even leave us a review. Enjoy the show. I don't know what your summer reading list looks like, but um, I would love for you to go ahead and purchase a copy of The Twelve. Uh, it came out just a few months ago. I'm so blessed by those who have already purchased it and read it and late left great remarks and reviews on Amazon and other places. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Uh, but I wanted to actually read the introduction and then chapter one called Hide and Seek uh, as our podcast for today. And uh, if you haven't bought it yet, uh, this will kind of give you a little sampling. If you have, um, you've, you've read this part already, and I hope this blesses you. Uh, let me know. Do me a favor. Share it with all your friends as well. Uh, let's get the word out because really I'm, I'm not trying to make money off this. I'm just, I want people just to see and hear how simple it is to create some spiritual habits in your life so that you can move on uh, in your spiritual uh, momentum and where God wants you to go because uh, nobody wants to stay uh, at the same place their entire life. And God do, definitely doesn't want that for you. He wants you to grow. I know you want to grow. That's why you're listening to podcasts even. Uh, so I hope this blesses you. Introduction. I can still remember my first roller coaster ride. Angela Park, just outside my hometown of Hazleton, Pennsylvania, boasted a 36-foot tall wooden coaster built in 1957. The experience was less than enjoyable for me, but for the cute girl who convinced me to get on it, it was a blast. My legs were wobbling as I attempted to get out of the car. My face was pale with one of those half-smile, half-deer-in-headlights kind of expressions. Thankfully, I didn't throw up, but I felt as if I left part of me at the amusement park that day. It was years before I sat on another coaster, and yes, it was because a cute girl convinced me. If you're anything like me, you've had moments in your journey of faith that seemed as if you were on a roller coaster. At times, it was only a little one, like that old wooden coaster at Angela Park. At times, it may have seemed like the super-duper looper at Hershey Park, and it nearly sucked you right out of the safety harness. You experienced a significant spiritual awakening where you felt the power and the presence of God in deep, tangible ways. And then, like coming off a sugar rush, you crashed. You wondered, how on earth did someone convince me to get on this thing? Nonetheless, with the taste of vomit still in the back of your throat, you got right back in line for another ride. Sometimes what transpired is obvious. 
reality set in. And like Moses, you came down from Mount Sinai only to find the people in your life acting like fools. You threw down the experience like the Ten Commandments, shattering all God had done. At other times, you were hit with temptation as you came down from your spiritual high, and you stumbled into sin once again. Ashamed and embarrassed, you decided to linger there and wait for the next opportunity to get back on track. Little did you know that it would put you right back on the roller coaster cycle once more. I've seen this happen over and over again in youth ministry. Students show up to a youth service, respond to the love and mercy of God, and have an emotionally moving experience at the altar. Then a few days later, when the weekend begins, their spiritual awakening fades into the night. Weekend retreats and summer camps have a longer-lasting engagement, but for many, the end result is similar. The spiritual roller coaster is all too real and acceptable in the modern church world. Its effects on our personal lives, not to mention the kingdom of God, is tremendously destabilizing. The roller coaster life begins when we get comfortable ignoring the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Our comfort then leads to complacency. Complacency gives way to compromise. Compromise then fashions into carnality, a self-seeking and self-pleasuring lifestyle. This type of living isn't sustainable and cannot be acceptable. A lack of conviction is what puts us on that roller coaster, and a lack of discipline is what keeps us there. Nobody wants to live like that. We all desire the stability and security of a consistent spiritual life. That's why you picked up this book in the first place. The answer is never simple and the road is never easy. But listen, that's a good thing. My youth pastor, Ken Clark, used to tell me something repeatedly. The message may have sunk in a little more each time I heard it, but it was still hard to hear. Pain builds character, he said. Whether you're dealing with relational tension, trying to gain stamina while biking, or building a spiritual habit, the principle holds true. Your faith will be tested, but perseverance leads to maturity pain builds character. I believe that through my pain, the testing of my faith, and especially my failures, perseverance lied within the complexity of uh, my disciplined habits. It's how I've been able to respond in faith as Paul did. We are pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 12. This is how I am confident that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. We are continually fighting a spiritual battle and therefore need to daily put on the armor of God. There's nothing casual or complacent about it. If you're tired of the roller coaster life, you must live by the spirit. That means daily building your faith by intentionally participating in spiritual disciplines. Before you try to engage in the tyranny of the urgent each morning, I challenge you to embrace the discomfort of building spiritual habits. Get up early if that's what it takes. Stay up late if you have to. Be disciplined and diligent, consistent and concise. If it's easy, you're not doing it right. If it's not enjoyable and enlightening, you're definitely not doing it right. My hope and prayer for you is that the five habits laid out in this book with the additional template and prompts for practicing those habits will help you. Before you turn to the next page, prepare your physical and spiritual space. Get your Bible, a highlighter, and then erasable pen or pencil. Then pause to pray. Invite the Holy Spirit to speak, move, and bring conviction and healing. 
He's been there the whole time, and he's ready to bring you wisdom and understanding. Chapter 1, Hide and Seek. Growing up as the youngest of 12 children had its challenges. To make matters worse, I was also the shortest, scrawniest kid in school. The only good thing about being tiny as a kid is when you're playing dodgeball or hide and seek. Luckily, I was great at both. Actually, I was a master at hide and seek. I could get into the tiniest of places and never be found. My brothers and others gave up long before I revealed myself and risked giving up my perfect spots. Once I curled up in a pillowcase on a bed, and even with the lights on, they had no idea it was me. I think people often view spiritual maturity a bit like playing hide-and-seek with God. At times, we feel like the lights are out, and we're scurrying around trying to find Him, trying to find that hidden or secret formula to being spiritual. At other times, we hide because of doubt, failure, or sin, and we fall into the cycle where we feel that as we chase Him, He's hiding. And when he's chasing us, we're running away because we're afraid of being judged and punished. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. and He's touching on a variety of subjects such as generosity, prayer, fasting, storing up treasures in heaven, and worry. The common theme is that it all revolves around motives. Do you want to appear spiritual or truly draw near to God? Spiritual maturity isn't a destination. Spiritual maturity isn't just about how much you give, but the fact that you give. It's not about how well you pray, but that you pray. It's not about how much you fast, but that you fast. Spiritual maturity is about the journey you take in getting to know God more. The key is found in verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Spiritual maturity is about seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. First speaks of priority and position. Until his kingdom does come, our spiritual formation continues to develop at the pace we're willing to follow. To what lengths will you go to seek him? Where does that seeking fall on your list of priorities? How are you actively chasing Jesus after his kingdom and his righteousness? When COVID-19 first hit, I was in a nightmare of a slump. I had just spent six days in the hospital with meningitis, and I was in a state of depression. I was drained on every level. Then we went into lockdown, and our world was turned upside down. On top of that, my pastor had resigned. I was miserable at work, and it was the one-year anniversary of my father's passing. I wasn't just locked down because of COVID. I felt locked down into the cycle of hide and seek with God. There I was, little Roger, looking for a pillowcase to hide in. I knew I needed to grow through it and not just go through it. So I kept chasing him, clinging to his faithfulness. As I read a devotional on the Bible app by Mark Batterson, I learned about the ministry of one of the greatest preachers, Charles Spurgeon. Even the Prince of Preachers, as he was commonly referred to, faced struggles and brought him to a breaking point. He had great success. He pastored the largest church of his day, wrote 150 books, started a college, led over 60 charities, and was happily married with children, yet his life was marked by bouts of deep depression. Through all the success, stress, and struggles, he eventually came to the realization of his position in life. He said, I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. 
Reading those words was a moment of spiritual growth for me. So instead of hiding, I began embracing the wave. The Holy Spirit ministered to me and reminded me of what I had already learned and experienced from Matthew 6.33. Number one, seeking his kingdom first is about making his purposes my priority. It's about less of me and more of him. I needed to refocus, to seek to serve others and share my faith. Number two, seeking his righteousness first isn't just about not doing the things I know are bad, wrong, or against his will. It's about doing the right things he created me for so I can accomplish all he's called me to. Our church promotes a great next step for seekers and new believers called the First 15. It's a challenge to spend five minutes every day in worship, five minutes reading the Bible, and five minutes praying. That doesn't sound like much, but in the days leading up to this, I was running on empty and struggled to meet this challenge. I'm sure you can relate. On this day, however, I journaled something that caused a shift in the way I would seek first. I felt a prompting to expand on that model and created what I called the 12. It's five simple spiritual habits practiced 12 minutes a day each, totaling 60 minutes or one hour. This was prompted by another profound statement of Jesus during the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I've come to learn that the depth of my devotion is seen in my daily disciplines. My spiritual maturity depends on my willingness to seek him first in everything. It's choosing consistency over complacency. It's submitting to conviction rather than compromise. It's about learning to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Where do you see yourself regarding your spiritual maturity? Go ahead and give yourself a score between 1 and 10 with one being the lowest and 10 being the highest. At what point on that scale would you consider some, someone hiding and another seeking? Let me ask you again, to what length will you go to seek him? Be brave and write it down. Thank you for listening to this episode of The 12. I hope that it encouraged your heart and challenged your spirit. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast so that others can hear the message and be encouraged in their own faith. In fact, I would be so grateful if you could take a moment to rate and review this podcast in order for others to get the message. If you're interested in getting your own copy of the 12, you can visit my webpage at rogernelms.com. And if you've already read the book, I would love to hear what you think. Drop me a line or leave a review on the source page that you ordered it from. Thanks again. Keep listening. God bless.